Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. I think uh, we're in this in November. So, you know, when the time comes, we understand we've gone through these situations. Um, and we play, we play well, everybody, you know, but... The fact that it came down to that last possession, even though they made their little push and, you know, he had 50, I think that's that's a, a good sign, you know, and we could, we could think we can do better for sure. There's Donovan Mitchell talking about the loss to Milwaukee. It was there for the take in PK, but they give up a lot of offensive rebounds and it slips through their fingers. Offensive rebounds slip through their fingers or the wind slip through their fingers? Both, Both of, them. of them, yeah, all of the above. Well, it's not as if they fumbled the offensive rebounds away. Oh, but Milwaukee did go get a lot of offensive rebounds and a lot of second chance points. Well, they got 15 of them. You know, thank goodness it's November. And it's good for Donovan to have that sense of gratitude in November as the holidays approach. What better week than Thanksgiving week to have gratitude? They shot the three really well. That was never the, been better. The bonus. In terms of uh, total makes? Total makes. Yeah, well, it's a shame because they wasted a. High scoring effort from the Jazz bench. I imagine that that was the highest effort. They played four guys off the bench, and all four of them were in double figures. Niang coming out of nowhere and uh, putting in 13 points. That uh, that run they had at the end of the first quarter in the second quarter or start of the second quarter, the bench that was as good as they played all year long. They put an 8-0 run on them to open the second quarter, but a different story. Milwaukee clearly. Uh, was told with Gobert out there, you gotta, you gotta go attack the rim. You gotta go get offensive rebounds, and they did a uh, a ton of both those things down the stretch. A 42 point third quarter, a 32 point fourth quarter. You give up 74 points in the second half, you're you're probably not going to win, and the Jazz didn't. Off today, Pacers tomorrow. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. It was unbelievable. You know, um, I gave him opportunities to get a quick blow around timeouts if he wanted to, and, you know, he said he was good, feeling fresh. And uh, he just dominated the action. You know, he was quarterbacking us on the defensive end and, you know, really, like you said, made every play offensively. So, I mean, the, the guy was just unbelievable. LeBron James, 33 points, 14 assists. The Lakers win again. They beat the Spurs this time, 114-104. The Lakers improved to 15-2 on the year. Best record in the NBA. Bucks and the Nuggets are sitting on three losses, but the Lakers 15-2. Yeah, kicking booty, man. I was going to say, do you see any issues, any problems, anything looming for those guys? Or you love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, I do see problems ahead, and that's uh, Davis is not durable, and LeBron strained the groin and missed twenty some games last year. When you get to his age, it's about doing it uh, not so much in November, but uh, April, May, June, because for the, for him, it's winning it all. There's no second place. There's no uh, we can build on this. That doesn't matter. Late in the career, time to claim as many titles as you can. The Nets. Really good without Kyrie Irving in the lineup. We saw that story, uh, was it a week ago? Maybe two weeks ago, actually, probably. About they're worried about his attitude around the locker room and all that. And he's missed six games. And they're now 5-1. 4-7 and one. Four and seven when he plays. 5-1 and one when he doesn't. 
Nets beat the Cavs 108-106. Not that the Cavs are world beaters, but still a win's a win. Two teams the Jazz are going to see on this road trip. Toronto and Philadelphia played. Toronto won 101-96. Siakam, 25 points. He seems to be excelling with Leonard gone. Stepped up to a bigger role last year. Seems like he's stepping up to a, a bigger role again this year. How do you know it's not the absence of Danny Green? It could be the absence of Danny Green. Shouldering the load for both those guys. Raptors are 12-4. and four. It's a 60-win pace if they can sustain it. I would think they wouldn't, but nonetheless, excellent start. Carmelo, 25, and the Blazers get a win. It was the Bulls, 117-94. Chicago, 6-12. How long is this going to last for the former youth coach, Jim Boylan? Uh, They've been going nowhere before him, so it's not like you can put this all on him. But I, I, you, I don't know. Yeah, who cares? DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. The Cougars go to Maui and get a win. Dominate the last 10 minutes of what had been a pretty competitive game, and they pull away from the Bruins down the stretch. The last five or six minutes was all BYU. They win 78-63. Cougars shot the lights out out there, PK. Ooh, that must have been dark. It was. They had a great shot of the sun setting, <laughs> as Bill Walton talked about. <laughs> various random things shooting the lights out and jump out of the gym i've literally never seen either made half of their three pointers and shot 62 percent well he makes shots obviously the game becomes a lot easier and i've been in that gym many times over and i always thought the rims were very very soft and i always thought that just get it up on the rim and it'll go in and and well it it gives you the confidence where that you could probably swish it because you feel like if you do get it up on the rim, it'll probably go in. So that's going to help you be more relaxed. So I've seen plenty of big-time shooting. I don't think they've replaced those rims since uh, the war. I'm not sure which one. It just sounds cool. Uh, and then I thought they had a chance. I mean, we're looking at UC Los Angeles losing to Hofstra. And it's not like Hofstra had Speedy Claxton. Good call. No. Bruins fall to 4-2 and two on the year. Cougars improved to 4-2 and two on the year. And now BYU gets Kansas, baby. Can Jake Toulson give him 20 again? Toulson was throwing in baby hooks all over the place. And some threes. Just a shame they don't have their guys. See what they could do with Yoli in there. And Baxter. And Baxter. Yeah, I mean, those are... He, obviously, Charles is a quality big guy. And Baxter's got, got some ability, too. But he's hurt, and the other one's ridiculous suspension. 8.30 tonight on ESPN, BYU, and fourth-ranked Kansas. Weber State got beat by Wright State, 71-57. They're playing Murray State today. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Speaks to the competitiveness of the league. You know, it has been a, a very good season so far, but we're not losing focus. I mean, we got more work ahead of us. We know that. And not not just this game. That's the only game we're focusing on right now. But there's there's things that uh, we got to take care of. And so, but I think it just you know speaks to the the, the balance and the the uh, depth. You know, one through twelve this conference has. Scott Whittingham asked the question about lost that opener to USC. Did you think? Need to be sitting here eight games later, not having lost again, still having not locked up the South. Need to win eight in a row to get it done. And there was his response. 
the depth of the Pac-12. I guess at this point, when you're involved in a political process for the playoffs, you gotta you gotta spin whatever you can. It really comes down to the fact that USC has uh, put together a bunch of wins too. I mean, they're the ones who are keeping them from clinching. It doesn't have anything to do with what Arizona and Colorado are doing. Yeah, I thought it was about. I thought it was in response to the question of having to go undefeated in the conference. It's a. Uh, it's just when you're playing that ninth game, it's just very difficult. Since the conference expanded, the number of undefeated teams are zero. The last one was the year before. The Oregon Ducks. 2010. And since that time, since 2010, in the SEC, six teams have done it with a likely seventh this year. And they play conference games mm-hmm. and give themselves Western Carolina. In the middle of the conference season. Yeah, it's a big difference. Coaching changes. New Mexico and UNLV. Tony Sanchez, who came out of a successful high school program down there, Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, got his five years at UNLV. He's 19 and 40, and he's out. What's well, time? You know, five years. Give somebody else a shot. Yeah. Give them their <laughs> five years. It's on and on. And Bob Davey is dull done in New Mexico. Peaked with a nine-win season. Nine-win season in Albuquerque is very good. But, uh, I saw Jay Hill's name mentioned in Vegas's job. Uh, Devil's got a defensive coordinator who played and is from Albuquerque. His name's already been floated out there. So you got those things. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Andrews comes in motion to the right. Jackson wants to throw. Fires across the middle. Touchdown, Hollywood Brown. And how fitting that Hollywood scores the first points in L.A. Out of the empty backfield. Jackson rolls to his left. Pumps once. Throws to the five. Complete. Willie Sneed turns. Stretches to the pylon. Hits the pylon. Touchdown, Ravens. And for a sixth consecutive time the Ravens take the drive they put it in the end zone and with 14.43 left to play the Hayes in the barn complete domination the Ravens route the Rams 45 to 6 Lamar Jackson following up a four touchdown game with five touchdown passes and he ran for 95 yards tripped himself up at the one yard line looked like he was going to score there doesn't matter the Ravens they gave the Patriots their only loss. The Ravens have the second-best record in the AFC to the Patriots. Looks like they're on a collision course for the AFC title game, PK. See what happens there, man. They look very good. Jackson looks great. Dallas Cowboys have been informed by the NFL that the two tripping calls called on them were, were incorrectly called. So they got that going for them on a Tuesday. Cincinnati Bengals have decided uh, not to go with Ryan Finley. He started three games. They're going back to Andy Dalton. Feels a little bit like UNLV looking for a new head coach right there. Yeah, they suck. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. It's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Lincoln Kennedy, our Pac-12 Network analyst, Raiders analyst. He's going to join us in our next segment. And Joe Ingles, 
TBD based on uh, travel plans there. Waiting to hear. They were feeling aiming, it, Yak. What are you thinking? 50, they were 50? aiming for today because of the games, and we're off on Thursday. Yeah. But we'll I'll see. I'll come in on Thursday. Time. Okay, I'll let them know. You'll come in on Thursday. Do it then. Possibly a Tuesday sighting of Joe Ingles, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. David Locke, Quinn Snyder. I think that he's really showing his chops even more so as a coach as he's working through different rotations and bringing guys along while winning games. You know, what he's really working at is that every single player on this team has to change their game. You know, and every single player on this team has a vision of what they want to be, and it's probably not something that they can be on this team. Maybe Donovan's the one. I mean, here's Mike Conley. Quinn's basically telling him to play totally differently. Boyan Bogdanovich is being asked to do things differently. Rudy's being asked to do things very differently and so he's really got a roster where everybody on this team is asking to take a little bit of a different role than they did before and so he's really got to manage all these guys as they come together understanding that. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you by WCF Insurance reminding you to be careful out there. Lincoln Kennedy coming up in a couple minutes. Got a question up on our Facebook page about the Jazz Bucks game last night. How great is Giannis Antetokounmpo? 50-point game. He's so long, so athletic. Three three three-pointers. There's really nothing he can't do. What a fine. He was like, uh, I want to say 15th when he was drafted. Can you imagine that? Gives hope to the teams that... Or sort of stuck in the middle to a degree. I don't know if there's a lot of players like him come around, but you know, rather than that's the one knock against the NBA is if you take the one, two, or three picks and get it right, that you're going to be dominant for an X amount of time. There's really not necessarily a whole lot of team building there. You just have to cash in some on some superstar. Well, there's some other guys out there that you know. Can you find them? You know, if, if I think he was around 15th, which means 14 teams passed on him, obviously. And Kawhi Leonard was in that situation. Jokic over Denver was a, a later pick, and Gobert was a later pick. So you like Jokic to see was that second rounder because it ends up giving teams more of an opportunity to get better rather than you just have that pick at the right time and that player Tim Duncan is standing there and you take him and away you go. It doesn't seem like that's a whole lot of skill development there you know you just have to have the right pick at the right time and then you're set up for 10 years i'd like shack uh, yeah good so, decision uh, i like to see these guys who develop that weren't expected i mean nobody predicted this and barely even pronounce his name and then you watch him get out there and he's a true superstar you can see and you know the jazz lost and that stinks to watch him lose and all but watching this kid play is really just amazing because he has all the skills. And he's blessed, naturally, with the height and length. That's nothing that you can uh, work on. Uh, but your game you can work on. And to see that and to see him perform like that, I think it's good as a consumer of the sport. For me, that's good. Well, you'd like to force him to make three-pointers because that's something that's been a little bit, I mean, if we're going to nitpick, I mean, he's the MVP, so it's all nitpicking. But the three's been a little bit of a weakness, but... They wanted him to take threes, and he, he was three for eight, which is a decent percentage from three. And if you 
try to help on them and double, in, you know, your point about adding skills and work and being able to pass the ball and all that, and he ends up with six assists in the game as well. So it's pick your poison time. Make other guys make shots, and they do. Make him make threes, and he does. And you look up and you give up 122 points. But yeah, he's a marvelous player. And then once you've got that, then you take – Average guys, and if they give you average games, that's a bonus. Like, uh, Bledsoe and Matthews. I was thinking more of this, uh, Conigan kid from Notre Pat Dame. Connaughton. Yeah. And he comes in there and very nice game in, in his 27 minutes. You know, kid out of Notre Dame, tough. He's got the mindset, block that shot from Mitchell. I like the way he blocked the shot. And, all right, I blocked the shot. There's no. No gyrations, no this or that. He just went around and time to play defense again. And so you get a player like him, give you some minutes off the bench, and then it becomes when, once you have that superstar, his minutes, the, the role player, become really important. You don't need a lot, but you got to have something. He gave them something. And I'd expect, I mean, they're playing, paying Bledsoe an awful lot of money, so... I expect him to be contributing most nights. And Matthews, too. I don't know exactly what Matthews is getting. I'd have to look it up. But as long as you got that number one dude, he just makes life easier for the for the role guys. And when you look at Milwaukee, unless I'm missing somebody that uh, is not playing that I'm unaware of, they've got one superstar and a bunch of role guys. And that's a good thing, too. Rather than, you know, you just hit... These superstars pairing together, the uh, Davis and LeBron, for instance, and then they just when one guy wants to go to Hollywood and the other guy forces a trade over there, and it just seems that, that, that in a sense that's a dirty way to win. Whereas Milwaukee, that's a good way to win. I think we can all get behind Milwaukee's success, as opposed to leveraging a guy out yeah. by tampering, right. Now, it'll suck if when Antetokounmpo's a free agent, he goes to the Lakers or the Clippers. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. He's like, okay, here we go again. I put in my time in yeah. a colder, smaller market. Give me sunshine, glamour, Milwaukee's big market. Like us. Yeah. Only colder. Windier. Uh, so, you'd like to see him be there and be happy. Matthews is making two and a half million dollars. Yeah, I didn't think he was making that yeah. kind of dough. And how much is Bledsoe's making a ton, isn't he? Bledsoe's making fifteen. Yeah. Chris Middleton is the highest paid guy in the I team. I guess Middleton, that's who they're missing. I knew they were missing somebody. Yeah, Middleton couldn't think of it. It's a quad, quad, quad injury's been out for about three weeks. <laughs> I knew they were missing somebody, and it was slipping my mind. Come on, it was, it was Donovan Mitchell's backcourt running mate in I Team know. USA. And it, but it was driving me nuts, and I couldn't think of it because I knew they were missing somebody. And I'm thinking, who is it, who is it, who is it, who is it? Because I'm looking at the box score. I should have gone and listed, looked at the roster, and then obviously it would have jumped out of me. He's making 30 mil, and Antetokounmpo's making 25. Do you ever have one of those situations? We all Absolutely. have them, don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I give you George Brett. <laughs> you know it's there. I know it's think there. Of it. You tortured and, and just put yeah. it on the end of the fishing line and then just. I know, but it's so stupid. All I had to do is just cook on Milwaukee's roster, yep. and I would have had it. I knew they were missing a primetime player, and it wasn't coming to me. 
But to your point about the role, guys, you pay Wes Matthews a couple million, you get good good production out of him. Ilya Sova had had a decent game off the bench. He's making seven million. Does you Ilya need those Sova guys look to like come he should through. be a character on Adam's Family? <laughs> <laughs> you rang. Is he? that what you're going for? Well, somewhere in there, not necessarily. Who was that Lurch dude? Yeah. No, somebody else. This comes out of the kitchen or something. <laughs> But if they play like that on this road trip, then the Jazz ought to get some wins. I don't know that they can shoot it and score it like that. I mean, I, when every time Bogdanovich thinks, you think it's gonna. <laughs> every time Bogdanovich, <laughs> like he's doing it very well. In. You got at least the thing you got to look at Conley. He's very consistent. Two for ten for Mike Conley. <laughs> Drove and got a layup late in the game to make it a two point game. Not the consistency you're looking for, but he is consistent. But Shooting should, up to thirty seven percent now on the season. My basketball acumen. I thought he was going to have the best year he's ever had. You better get going. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to talk a little college football with Lincoln Kennedy, our Pac-12 network analyst. He also works as a Raider analyst. He joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, guys. Well, the Ducks cooped it. They messed it up for everybody. Yeah. So I told we'll see you, how man. The dust lands. You have three consecutive days of rain in the valley. Something yeah. weird is going to happen. And sure enough, the Ducks, Herbert didn't look good, and Jaden yeah. Daniels looked great. And now we've got, which the thing that really bothers me about this, and, and good on the Devils. I'm an ASU grad, so it was fun to see right. and all that stuff. But the thing that bothers me is that now, 100 miles away, while they were kicking a crap out of Arizona, Utah takes a hit. I don't like that. I agree. I totally agree. But, you know, we've been talking about this for you know, quite some time uh, with the Ducks and the Utes in the same position or similar positions, that it was imperative that both of these, these, these organizations or these schools went out. Um, and mainly because any loss was going to damper the euphoria or the thought towards the Pac-12. Um, of course, with Oregon being the favorite, with their only loss at the, at the point coming from Auburn, and we see how such high regard, for whatever reason, um, the, the committee and the national standard has put Auburn, um, we, we've seen that. And it's disappointing because I think Utah is a tremendous team. They're, they're a wonderful team that no one knows about. And and for the the reason why the Pac-12 has been on sort of the outside looking in for the last couple of years is because it hasn't heard, it hasn't earned the right unanimously to be visualized and thought of as a perennial powerhouse or a national powerhouse because one thing they haven't taken care of business in their bowl game. So this is a setback. Now it's not an impossible setback, but here's what's going to happen the way the way I see it go down. I still think you know what well, Oregon and Utah are going to face each other. In, in the Pac-12 championship, that's not that's not a big deal. Um, but at the same point, if if Utah wins, you'll have those naysayers on the outside, those pundits that will say, "Well, Alabama's you know lost to the premier school." If Alabama wins out, obviously, um, you know Alabama's loss to LSU is far more greater than Utah's loss to USC. Because look at where USC is. Even though it's by name, it should be up there by winning percentage. It's not. So it's really unfortunate. I totally agree with you. The Utes loss big time 
um, um, by that loss for Oregon. So, do you think the Pac-12 image sinks the Utes, or do you think that, given the fact they're going to be playing on ABC at 5.30, lots of people are going to be able to see them. They're right in the middle of this debate. Oklahoma, Utah, Georgia, Alabama, all these one-loss teams, Minnesota and Baylor, too. Um, that people will see them, and if they see the defense put together another performance, like what we just saw against Auburn, which before that we saw against UCLA, which a lot of the country got to see because of the broadcast spot they got there, do you think the, right. the eyeball test will give the Utes a boost because the defense is just smothering people? Yes, I do. But then you also have to take in consideration quality competition and where they're at. You see what I'm saying? Because I think at this particular junction, it's not so much a how the team that we're referring to does in a situation. It's also how the team they're facing played this season. You see what I'm saying? As far as quality of opponent goes. You, does that make sense? Yeah, Colorado's 5-6, and six, and it'll be easy for, uh, you know, Feinbaum to sit back there and say, well, Colorado's not even bowl eligible. So what? I mean, Exactly. That's the kind of thing he'll say. I mean, after he went after Oregon's AD, I figure at this point he'll say anything. Well, I mean, that's exactly right. You know, people like Feinbaum that's got a national syndicated show. He's also on, you know, the, the Big Four Network and everything else left and right. He's always making the case for Alabama, as grand as they are. I mean, I swear that he's got a check com- incoming from Alabama just to say, just talk us up as much as possible. And in this position, you know, in, in this particular day and age where you have social media, you have so many people who are turning to the TV and, and radio to get their sort of insight or to get their information, that's that's worked into Alabama's hands. So I think this is a big deal between uh, playing eight conference games and, and nine for the Pac-12. You look at since the conference expanded, there's been zero teams have gone through undefeated. Oregon was the last remaining hope. Oregon is the last team to go undefeated, and that was the year before when they were just 10 in 2010. And then since that time, there's been six SEC teams who have gone through undefeated and likely – going to be LSU this season, would you be seven? you think the Pac-12 should stay status quo or maybe make a reduction in one game in conference play? No, I appreciate the fact that the Pac-12 has nine conference games. I appreciate that because I believe in the quality of this conference. I don't believe this conference is as top-heavy as other conferences are. And I've made this argument on my radio show and various apparatus that, that I could. When you take a look at the SEC East, for example, you've got Alabama and Auburn, and you've got LSU this year. In the past, it's mainly been Alabama. And on, on, on the, the, I mean, the west side, that's the west side of the SEC. But the east side, when you talk about it, it's the, it's the usual suspects. Florida has just become somewhat relevant. Georgia over the last few years has been relevant. Other than that, who are we talking about? Tennessee's been down. South Carolina's been down. You know, the list goes on and on. I believe that they are top-heavy conferences, just like the Big Ten, just like the Big 12, everything else. But in the Pac-12, you can say what you want about the, the quality of football as you might describe it, but on any given day, one of these teams can go down. Any of these teams can go down. Coming into this, you know, coming into the season, Washington and Oregon and Stanford were projected as the favorites. Look at where Stanford and Washington are, and look at the losses that they had. And you can't tell me that this is not a quality conference. I believe in parity. I believe in competition. I believe that anybody is vulnerable on any day. And and when you have schools and and organizations like that, it. It, to me, it's better for college sports, the parity in general. You don't want to have one dominant forever. 
the, we're living off the past when you talk about Alabama because I think a lot of people agree this Alabama team, for where it is right now, is not as good as past Alabama teams that we've seen. So why do they deserve to be in the conversation for the playoff picture? Because it's Nick and it's Alabama. I mean, that's... Well, that, and see, here's the thing. This is the problem with the current playoff picture. They have, I mean, the playoff the standard. They haven't gotten it right. You're living off of past information just so based on that comment because it's Alabama. Well, what does that have to do with it, the, the here and now? It should be about the here and now. Who's good right now, right here, rather than who's good in the past or who's good at what we've seen. So I think the other argument for the Pac-12 to go to eight, and I don't think it'll happen, but if you look at the bids that have been handed out over five years, there have been 20 bids. And if you're playing nine games and a conference title game, that puts a lot of pressure and stress on you. Two-thirds of the bids have gone to the, the leagues that play eight, which was the Big Ten originally, and then they switched and went to nine, and they haven't had a team in the last couple of years. And also right. Notre Dame went in one year. They didn't have to play a conference title game, so they avoided that. And most of them have fallen away of the SEC and the ACC. It's been the, big, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the Big Ten since they've gone to nine that are the teams that are getting squeezed out. If you play a ninth league game, there's a there's a bias built into this. I mean, on August yeah. 15th, before you play a game, it's already an uphill battle for Utah or for Oklahoma. And look who's being pitted against each other. It's the teams that are playing nine conference games and a conference title game on top of that. You make a valuable argument. There's no doubt about it. Um, ultimately, the problem becomes at this time of the year, and, and I've, I've discussed this with my partner on the radio show, it's the money grab. The truth of the matter is that if the people who are making these decisions had their way, they would have premier names, premier schools all involved in the playoff because they know it's going to be the greatest money grab, the greatest money intake that they could have. And I'm not, you know, unfortunately for where we are in even today's society, let's face it, as much as I love the program, Utah is not a bigger money grab than, say, Texas, USC, or Notre Dame. It's not. And so when you become talking about the conversation, even when you're talking about Alabama, if you, if you were to look at the possibility of the big four right now, you would have Ohio State, you would have Clemson, you would have LSU, you would have Alabama, or Georgia, possibly Oklahoma. Those are money grabs because they have been relevant over the last five, six, seven years, last decade, those are money grabs because they know they're going to have a big fall and they know they're going to have a big draw and that's what comes into view. And I promise you, with the committee that's sitting there, they're not looking at the X's and O's. They're not looking at, you know, who won and quality of opponent as much as they're looking at, well, how can we get the most money out of this this, this top four? And who is going to be that top four? And those are the names they're looking for. Well, I guess that's the inherent bias that I got baked in sitting here in Utah is I'm looking at Utah and Alabama and Oklahoma, and I'm not looking at Minnesota and Baylor. And they have a chance to be 12-1 conference champs, but they're not in the discussion. No, they're not in the discussion. And that's a and that's problem. So when you talk about the X's and O's, those universities should be in the conversation, but they're not. If Minnesota beats Ohio State in the Big Ten, in the, in the Big Ten Championship, I promise you, Minnesota's not getting in. <laughs> That's not going to happen. And I think you guys agree with me. 
it, it's not going to happen. If, if Baylor, you know, it, it gets some, survives itself in, in the Big 12 championship, and I haven't, you know, looked at the nuances of that, but if they if they find themselves in the Big 12 championship and they and they win, they're not getting in. It's hard to argue with you looking at where the rankings sit now. We're wondering if the if the Utes can jump over a team or two. Maybe they get some help along the way. You know, if Georgia loses, then they don't have to jump. You over know, them. Georgia loses to LSU. Mm-hmm. And the Utes are in it. The Utes take care of business in the Pac-12 championship. I think they deserve, I would say, I would argue they deserve to be in. But I don't know if they look as glamorous as possibility of Alabama sitting outside. I've said all this season there was only one team that I thought in my mind they had, could have one loss and get into, uh, into the playoff hunt, and that was Alabama. Based on past, uh, you know, past achievements. So you, assuming Georgia does lose, because I think if Georgia wins out, we would agree that they would earn their way in, and then the four would be Georgia, LSU, uh, Ohio State, and Clemson most likely. Yeah. So assuming right. that Georgia does get beat, LSU does beat them, and that opens up a fourth spot, you like, in, in my mind, the three contenders then, assuming everything plays out, is would be Utah, Alabama, and Oklahoma. I think that there would be pressure to put in Oklahoma, assuming that they're the big tel- uh, win the Big uh, Twelve. Uh, do you, but do you like Alabama over Oklahoma in that scenario? Yeah, because because the loss, the loss comes. You know, Alabama's loss comes at LSU. Oklahoma's right. loss comes at Kansas State. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So quality of loss. You know, we're not talking about quality of opponent because let's look at it. If you take, and this is what drives me absolutely bonkers, guys, if you take a look at Alabama's schedule from top to bottom, you can't honestly tell me with all, with with all your passion that they really had a tough schedule. The toughest opponent they played was LSU. Yeah, that's why I think Nick Saban was out there saying. That Auburn is better than anybody Utah has played because he's trying to Certainly. line up that we've Absolutely. got a quality win, assuming they go out and win the game. Right. And for all purposes, in all intents and purposes, even without two, I still think Alabama's a better team than Auburn. And and for the life of me, I can't understand why so many people are in love with Auburn. I don't see it. Yeah, well, they've we- got their holes just like any other team, and their holes have been exploited by teams that were better than them. Yeah, and then then it gets tricky when you try to say beating Oregon is a better quality win than beating Auburn when Auburn beat Oregon. So then it ends up right. being a sloppy mess. Yeah, and this is this is the conundrum that we find ourselves in at this particular junction every single year because they do not allow as many teams as they need to into the playoff. Look, for what it's worth, no matter how it's defined and how you get there, I honestly believe that conference championships are worth something. You should be, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't care about the record. Conference championships are worth something. If you're going to tell me that you have a Power Five conference throughout the nation, and you can argue whether the American or USA should be in there, maybe possible six. If you're going to tell me that a Power Five conference is worth something, for the teams that win those conference championships, they deserve an opportunity to play in the national, I mean, not in the national football league, in the, in the national championship race. I guess the one argument would be you can come through a division that's kind of soft and have three losses and make it to the conference title game. 
and he just dropped, so he's not going to be able to respond to this, but you can, and then win that one conference title game and you shouldn't get in. But that's not really... And that's a, a separate argument from what we're looking at this year. Well, it depends on how many teams you allow in. If you allow eight in, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at, okay with it if you allow six. But what we're looking at this year is where you're going to leave out a 12 and one conference champ. Yeah, and that's a, there's a problem to that. Right. With L- that, Lincoln just dropped real quick. The the thing we were talking about with the conference champions, you know, if you are a three or four loss team. Uh, but you come through an easy division that's, you know, the, a conference is just imbalanced. And then you, you get one big game, you pull the, the upset. I get why some people would argue against that as far as conference champions being rewarded with a spot in the playoff. But this year we're looking at the possibility of five teams that are either 12-1 and or 13-0. and That conference championship should always be worth something. And you might look at Minnesota or Baylor and say no, but if they're 12-1 and in conference champ, or Utah 12-1 and and say no, but if they're 12-1 and in conference champ, you got to give them a shot. You know, all this seeding that's done, the, the, the one seed still hasn't won this playoff yet. I think the three seeds won it, or the two seed has won it three times, and a couple of times the four seed has won it. So once you're in, we got a track record here that says anything can happen. Well, here's what I say about that the argument. If you let them in and they get smashed, then you, you see who's the true champion. But you never know. Because unlike baseball, basketball, hockey, any other sports, football is a single-game elimination. So if you rise to the occasion for that single game and you win, then you prepare yourself next you know, for it. If you're not a better team and you get smashed, I'm not saying it makes for the best product, but I'm saying it, it shows the true creme to the creme. It shows the, creme that, the, the cream that rises to the top. Does that make sense? Yes, and Ute fans are hoping their team gets a chance to show that. You know, give Kyle Whittingham three weeks to cook up something with that defense. Maybe, maybe they can do something that no one's been able to do with an LSU this year. Are and, you? And that's that's the brilliance because you just don't know until you face it. The fact that you have that much time forward to prepare, that much time to 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 look forward to something, and the anticipation, you're hoping for a good game. But now here's the thing. On the other side, if you get smashed, if you're a Utah and Kyle Willingham, you you get smashed, you had that time to prepare, then obviously LSU's a better team, you know, or whomever it is that you face in the playoff. But you never know until you actually give them a chance to play against the game. They can play the game. Well, Lincoln, we appreciate a few minutes. A lot of people around these parts debating this, talking about it, trying to figure out how to solve this conundrum. But five conference champs are unbeaten or one loss into four playoff spots. It's always going to be a problem. Although, as you point out, it's a a money grab because now people in this part of the country who would never watch Auburn, Alabama, are now going to watch Auburn, Alabama because it could have such an impact on the youth. So it still comes back to the money. Certainly. Always about the money. Thank you, Lincoln. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. And happy holidays to you and your, your listeners. I uh, want everybody to have a safe holiday, uh, safe uh, turkey day, most importantly because the weather's coming through. So be safe traveling wherever you guys got. you got to go. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Same to you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. DJ and PK, there's Lincoln Kennedy. We can get your reaction. I haven't checked Twitter yet. Twitter? Hit us. What? Hit us up. Whatever you think about what Lincoln just said. He calls you brother, man. You're getting to know him well. There it is. <laughs> I was pretty sure you were going to react to that. 
DJ and PK, your reaction, your feedback, and Joe Ingles is the wild card this morning. We've been told, normally he's here on Thursday, but it's Thanksgiving, and they got games Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so there's a, a decent chance we'll be hearing from Joe Still later in the show. Efforting, as radio producers like to say. Get off my back. Efforting. I'm working on it. This magic doesn't just happen. Give me some space here. You, and, and You guys roll out of bed and make magic. Come and on. And we... Uh, We've got to inform our listeners there is a contest coming up. Oh, man. And it's pitting some in-house candidates against each other. Win ticket Wednesday, that contest? No. Oh. This is nasty. And uh, we're going to have to see what happens. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Join Tony and Austin Friday from 10 to noon at Cafe Rio, 1122 South University Avenue. In Provo, they'll be there broadcasting live. Speaking of broadcasting. (laughs) Hockey Ox in their head, Bob, and this is going to be good. You nervous? It's going to be good. No. Our very own DJ up for another award. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's like, well, you put your Christmas lights up every holiday season. DJ gets another award. It's one after a freaking another. I, on the other hand, my trophy case is barren. The only thing that sits on it is dust. And you... Wait a minute. you got to call Mr. Your Trophy in there. Yeah, and it was on the obituary page, and it was on the same story where they listed Dane Green, and his name's Dana. So... You still got the trophy. Yeah, but you get like fifty of them. Uh, well, maybe. So we have we have City a tight jumping. race, man. Here, this is going to be something. Two staff members. Ah, uh, yeah, too. we got a sportscaster of the year. Really, three. True, we got three actually. Yeah, you're right. Bowler Jack, Scott, F. Gerard, F. F. <laughs> yes, F. And David Frank James Sniggledorf the third. The three is up for sportscaster of the year. And then for sports writer, we got one of our own Gordon Monson. This is awesome. Man, we got so much talent, which I am not included, locked in our building. It's unbelievable. Four of the candidates come from our organization. Which, of course, I'm not one of them. Never, ever have I won. Never, ever have I even been nominated. Who nominates? God, as far as I know. (laughs) 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 We have to find out who is doing the nominating. What did you do this year that was so awesome? No idea. Well, I think you're going to win it. If there's anything that I, I've already been in touch with a couple of my uncles and cousins. <laughs> You're just fixing the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to vote for me or they're going to wake up with a horse head in their bed. You are go- You're going to win. You're going to beat out you, your rivals now, your enemies, Bowler Jack and 
Gerard. You throw in Locke, and you got the old Bowler Jack Locke and Gerard, the old days. <laughs> bowler Jack Locke and Gerard. <laughs> I've forgotten about that show. I had, why had I forgotten about that show? Why the did same you, way I forget about Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, I know. Why did you forget about Middleton? Why did I forget about Bowler Jack Locke and Gerard? <laughs> BLG! So, man, you, you nervous, man? You're going to bring it home? I don't know. Oh, don't man. know. I wish you luck, buddy. I know it's a tense, nervous, nerve-wracking time for it you. It really is. And you are right there on the cusp, on the brink. <laughs> well, you went right to the question. <laughs> of a childhood I see what dream. you did. You're right there, man. You can be sportscaster of the year in Utah. Where are you? How are you hanging on? Uh, I'm and Gordon. Can be sports writer of the year. Sweet. Now he's up there with Cragthorpe and uh, Dirk Facer and Tony Jones. Those are the nominees. This is. I mean, we had the American Music Awards. Now this, and this is, this is nerve-wracking. That's a whole lot of high-level talent that I just named. Of course, my name isn't a part of it. Never has been. Never will be, for that matter. It will be if I find out who does the nominations. No, then it becomes the joke of an award. I'm lazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm a hack. All these things. I'm a clown. I was told yesterday, somebody put out there that uh, PK, when we used to do TV for K-Jazz, he would just show up and he wouldn't do any work and never paid attention. And he would just, you know, whatever side the other guy took, he would just naturally just make it up. No preparation whatsoever. That's what I'm known for. Laziness. The only, <clears throat> the only way you can take the other side and make it work is to actually be prepared. So. No, I've never been prepared in my life. That's Are you kidding me? That's I roll out of bed just to put a hat on and race down here. Someone. Well, did I had to ask? Did the Jazz win last night? Did uh, BYU win? I didn't even know until I read it. Would you lock on the rundown here when he put it on there? And you, I mean, the work ethic is just off the charts. Man. It really is. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. No, I can see why you're nominated so many times. I think and why you win so many I times. I think the tone of your voice says you really can't see why. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the tone of your voice. You've won more than Bill Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Russell. <laughs> He's got more quality wins, though. No. Yeah. I um, mean, all those the championships. The flipping off people when they win the, win the award, though. I'd in, like to be. In college and in the pros. When I'm... When I'm 80, <laughs> he's up there flipping up Barkley to get some on camera. <laughs> Isn't Russell like the winningest dude we've got? Yes. 11 NBA titles in 13 years, and two won, college titles, and, and one a he wasn't even game. eligible to win. He couldn't win as a freshman. Yeah, two two out of three years. Yeah, USF he won. Had they had a uh, they had a long win streak, 50, 46 games. You're our Bill Russell. And Olympic gold in Melbourne. There you go, man. So what's that? That's uh, 13, 14? 13, 14. 14, 14 major championships. 14 out of how many Olympics did he play? With just one? He just played in the one. That's all okay. you can do in that area. So, that's all. so he won what you can win there. He won 11 out of 13 that you can win there. And he won two, two out of three. three. So only three times 14 in all out of, of 17. That. That's incredible. <laughs> that is a lot of winning at the highest level. Whatever is the highest level you can win, he won 14 out of 17 times. That's amazing. And that's who you are. You've won 14 out of 17 awards. The percentages are exactly the same. You're our Bill Russell. 
Job, Russ. Feel better now? Russ. <laughs> I'm now Russ Sniggledorf. <laughs> Russ Sniggledorf. I hope you... <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind you're going to win, and it's a travesty if you don't. Really? Oh, the way you are, the way everybody loves you. Boy. Where I hear that I weigh you down. You weigh me down? No, I get that all the time. No one has ever told me, man, he really weighs you down. But you've heard and you've seen out there on social media, I weigh you to the show would be much better without me. No. Come on. It can't be DJ and PK without the PK. I'm just, I'm so fortunate to be able to ride your coattails. (laughs) (laughs) There's no riding of the coattails. You are an award winner. Congratulations again. I actually texted the other two last night. We're going to lunch. Winner pays. You got a hell of a lot of money. R&R, baby. More barbecue for Rest and relaxation. That's just me. Scotty G was in immediately because he doesn't think he's going to have to pay. Oh, up against you? <laughs> he hitting, yeah, and a snowball Wouldn't rule chance. it out. Wouldn't rule it no out. No way, not against you. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want this segment ever to end, do you? It seems like it never does. <laughs> a few weeks later, we'll be we nominating you for another award. <laughs> DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.